Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, download the Dogwood Church app or visit dogwood.church. We hope you enjoyed the message. Hi, Dogwood Church. This is David Hodge. I'm one of the pastors here. We just concluded a five-week uh, spiritual fall campaign called uh, What the World Needs Now, Loving Others Like Jesus. And this week, we're going to transition into a new series called Love in Action. You, you may recall in our guidebook, and I'm holding up a guidebook like now, like it's invisible, but on every day's reading, there was a love and action part, and, and this was the part that really moved us to take God's Word and put it into action. Maybe you were like me. On some days, you looked at it and went, eh, and uh, didn't necessarily want to do it, but uh, we, we believe that God wants us to not just be hearers of His Word, uh, but also doers of His Word. Today's message is entitled, Encourage One Another Daily. And we're going to look at loving others through encouragement. I, I don't believe there's anything we need more today than encouragement. When John Wooden first became coach at UCLA, where he began a run of eventually leading that team to 10 NCAA championships, he gathered his team together, the very first team, and wanted to encourage them uh, that, that when they were successful, that they were not successful alone. Somebody helped them along the way. And so he said, whenever you score a basket, I want you to immediately point or yell and, and let the person know who gave you that ball how much you appreciate that. And one of his players looked up at him at that, that first time where he gave this instruction and said this, well, coach, what if they're not looking? And Coach Wooden said, don't, don't worry, they'll be looking. People are looking for encouragement. And many of you here in my voice right now are, are looking for encouragement. Many of us have experienced profound discouragement over the past several weeks, several months. And uh, today, we're going to look at uh, this concept of encourage one another daily. If you have your sermon notes, which uh, are on the Dogwood app, or maybe you're like me, you like to print it out. Under introduction, under sermon notes, it says, encouragement is a matter of focus. Here's a thought that will help us. Encouragement is a matter of focus. Paul writes in uh, Colossians 3, set your minds on things above not on earthly things. Encouragement is a matter of focus. And when Paul says this, he's not only talking about keeping our eyes on heaven. I, I think it's more than that. I think he also means focusing on the things that are pleasing to God right here and right now. At any moment, we can adapt and adjust our focus to the things above, to the things that please God, to the reminders that this life is not the only life. Today's Bible text can not only help us find encouragement, but I believe it can also help us encourage the people around us to be an encouragement to others. People all around us who are in desperate need of God's encouragement. Uh, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. I'll be reading out of the CSB. That's the cool Southern Baptist translation of the Bible. I want to give you a little uh, background before we read the text. Uh, this letter was written to a very discouraged church. They were Jewish Christians, probably in uh, Jerusalem. And eventually, uh, what happened was persecution of Rome uh, eventually hit them. They were expecting Jesus to return any day. There was high expectation. That did not happen, and then persecution hits, and they're profoundly discouraged. And so that's the context of the people here. They're suffering. People are suffering. So let's keep that in mind as we read from God's Word, Hebrews 3, 12-14. Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, 
unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. For we have come, become participants in Christ. We have become participants in Christ if we hold firmly until the end the reality that we had at the start. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. I'd like to draw your attention uh, to, to this simple phrase, but encourage each other daily. Every day we need encouragement. Every day we need to be an encouragement to the people around us. That word translated encourage in the, in the original language, the Greek language, is the word parakaleo, and it can, it can mean either encourage, it can mean encourage, it can mean warn or exhort, or it can mean comfort. And you think about those three words, how they seem unrelated until it's broken down. Look at your sermon notes under where it says parakaleo. Para means beside. Kaleo means the call out. This is the picture of biblical encouragement. It's one Christian coming alongside another Christian and telling them words that they need to hear in order to continue walking with Jesus, in order to continue living a life pleasing to God. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Of one Christian coming alongside another and upholding and supporting and sharing words that they need to hear. So what is it that you need to hear? That's biblical encouragement. What do you need to hear? At various times uh, in my week, sometimes I need to hear warning. Sometimes I need to hear a word of uh, comfort. Sometimes I need encouragement. I remember years ago when uh, I was having a difficult experience with one of my children. I remember being outside with my dad, and I asked him if he would pray, and I was filled with anxiety about a situation and he said, certainly, son, I'll, I'll pray for you. And he comes up besides, beside me, and before he prayed, he put his arm around me and said, David, she's going to be okay. And those are words I needed to hear then. Some of you need to hear those words right now with your children. They're, they're in God's hands. And that was his prayer. David, turned this over to the Lord. Sometimes what we need to hear, though, is a word of warning or exhortation or caution. My wife, Pam, is amazingly good at this. About a year and a half ago, we were in our car driving uh, to Hilton Head, and uh, it was just the two of us, and about 20, 25 minutes in, it had been quiet the entire time, and finally she looked up at me and said, someone put on his cranky pants today. And I'll never forget that moment because I started laughing. It was hilarious to me, but there was some truth there. Like there was a lot of truth there, truth I didn't want to hear but needed to hear. And in a very loving way, my wife corrected me and got me back on the right path. And that's what biblical encouragement is. It's coming alongside and sharing words that we need to hear. Some of you today need to hear words of comfort, and I pray that this message will provide comfort to you. Some of you today need to hear a word of warning or correction. Your life is, is off path and it needs to come back. And I pray the Spirit of God would speak to you today through this message and through his word. I believe all of us, though, need a word of encouragement today. A word that simply says, you're, you're going to be okay because Jesus is with you. If you look in your notes, the very first point is we, we become discouraged when we focus on ourself. Write down the word self. We become discouraged when we focus on self. The writer of Hebrews says that we need to resist an evil and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. 
The warning here was probably for those who stopped gathering. It's interesting what happens when we're suffering. We have this tendency to withdraw, and we have to resist that temptation. If all the figures we're reading are correct, about one-third of active Christians during this, this season, the past seven months, have withdrawn, have stopped participating in worship services and, and groups, even online. Later in Hebrews, it says this, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more. With as much um, tenderness as I, I can possibly communicate to you, if you've been drifting, if you're listening to this message or wa- watching this message and you've been irregular in your church participation or your small group participation, I just want to encourage you, come back. Come back. You can't imagine the encouragement you get simply with gathering with other believers, of listening to his word, of praising him through song, of bearing each other's burdens. So may I encourage you to come back. And that not only will encourage you, it will please God, and you will be a blessing to others. As the Hebrews experience, notice this line in your notes, discouragement often sets in when things do not go our way. Does that sound like the past few months to any of you? (laughs) Most of us are dealing with circumstances beyond our control right now. Now, we don't have to ignore discouraging circumstances, but we can reframe it. And I want you to hear this. God gives us a choice to where we keep our focus. And that leads us to point number two. We are encouraged when we focus on Christ. We are encouraged when we focus on Christ. Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Like you, during the past seven months, I've had moments of deep discouragement. For me, especially, it was this summer. In hindsight, I can now see I was trying too hard on my own strength to get things done, and I was failing miserably, and I was miserable. Gaines Coker, if you're listening to this, I want to thank you for reminding me of the beautiful old hymns that point our heart towards God. Your weekly devotions where you would sing a hymn just had such profound effect on me. And one song in particular I've been singing over and over again for the past several months, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Look full in His Wonderful Face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, he changes our focus, but he also changes our experience to one of joy. Notice what it says in the second part of Hebrews 12 too, For the joy set before him, he, meaning Jesus, endured the cross. Not only did he endure this awful suffering on the cross, he did so with joy. And you and I can as well. Even in our suffering, we can experience joy. I have many moments in my life where In tremendous grief and agony, I've experienced the joy of the Lord. And many of you have shared that with me, that you've experienced that as well. And I want to encourage you to continue sharing those stories of the joy that you're experiencing. It's hard to describe sometimes, but even in our suffering, we can experience the joy that only comes from knowing our security with our Heavenly Father. Point number three is we become an encouragement 
when we focus on others. We become an encouragement when we focus on others. Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The beginning of encouragement is found in that simple word, consider. It simply means to look around you and consider the people that need encouragement and then stepping out and actually doing it. He also writes, and we just heard earlier, that we should encourage each other daily. Notice those words, consider, encourage, daily. As our pastor often says, yes, but how? (laughs) Yes, but how? So we're going to turn to Barnabas. If you look in your notes now, Barnabas, how he, he is probably the model of encouragement in the New Testament. How did he go about encouraging? And we can take these on ourselves and do them uh, every day. We can do these every day. By, by the way, his real name was not uh, Barnabas. Barnabas was a nickname. We, we give nicknames uh, to each other based on attributes. It happens all the time. It happens a lot in sports. Uh, it's, it happens to me. I've got a nickname. My wife Pam calls me Stud Muffin. She, well, she occasionally did. Well, Pam, she, you did at one time on social media, so it counts. So. But anyway, we, we have nicknames that we give each other. And early disciples looked at Barnabas, but, but at that point, his name was Joseph. And they looked at what he was doing and said, your name's not Joseph. Your name is Barnabas. And that simply means, notice what it says there, son of encouragement. And who is the father of encouragement? It's God, God himself. And notice what Barnabas was doing. He was living his life to the point that the very nature of God was being reflected through him as he encouraged everyone around him. He is absolutely one of these people that God uses mightily in Scripture to come alongside and encourage. And we notice from his life there are three different ways that he encouraged. The first is through gifts. He gave a sacrificial gift to the early church that was in desperate need. He sold property he had and gave it to the needs around One thing I've noticed through the years is that gifts, if they're given in a very timely fashion, they don't have to be expensive to be meaningful. During this campaign, the Dream Team, that's the team I'm on, the discipleship, the fellowship team here at Dogwood Church. Every team at Dogwood is a Dream Team, but we were the first to copyright the name, so we're going to call ourselves the Dream Team. And uh, during the campaign, one one of the groups, one of the small groups, a ladies group, uh, adopted us as their love and action and uh, they, they considered us, and they recognized that we needed encouragement during this period. And every Thursday afternoon, uh, we, we would uh, receive different gifts, uh, every, every Thursday. And I had a chance to share with these ladies recently to let them know they had no idea what their gifts of encouragement meant to us. At just the right moment, just when we were exhausted, and even though it was joyful exhaustion, it was still exhaustion, these gifts came and every one of us uh, were blessed as a result of that. We, we encourage each other through gifts. We encourage each other through words, through words. They can be spoken words. They can be written words. But most of all, they can be words uh, fitly spoken at just the right time. A couple of weeks ago, I was doing some training for some pastors in, in Alaska. I was supposed to be in Alaska with my family, and the last moment they had to uh, cancel it, and I was deeply disappointed, but I uh, d- did my best to move ahead, and so we did uh, the training via Zoom, so for three days I'm doing teaching on Zoom, and after the first day, I remember uh, afterwards telling my wife Pam how discouraged I was, and I had no idea how well I was doing if what I was teaching was making an impact, 
But I remember praying that night and asking God just, just to be with me. And even though I wasn't getting any feedback, Lord, help me here. The next morning, I, I open up uh, my, my Zoom screen. I'm there about 10 minutes early. And I noticed once I came on, there was, there was a private message sent to me by one of the participants. And she had said to me, David, you have no idea what your message yesterday meant to me. A word fit, fitly spoken can make the world a difference in someone's life. We encourage each other through gifts. We encourage each other through words. But we also encourage each other through actions. And maybe the most significant way we can encourage each other is simply to be there for each other. I remember in 2010, 2013, and 2015, speaking at the memorial services for my dad, my brother, and my, my mother. And one of the, the, the big takeaways I still have, one of the most encouraging things I can think of is remembering when I stood up and looked at the people gathered there to honor um, my close uh, family, I, I saw every one of my group members in the audience, my life group members here at Dogwood. One of the most significant ways we, we encourage each other is simply to be there for each other. And Barnabas encouraged by giving, he encouraged by his words, and he encouraged by his action. Now, you may be thinking, I'm going to channel my wife Pam here, Pastor David, how do I apply all of this? By the way, I'm imitating my wife whenever we have a repair person over. I'll never forget, about seven years ago, our air conditioning uh, was not working. And I remember I was in New York at the time. I called Pam and asked her how the repair uh, was going on the air conditioning. And this is what she said. Uh, David, let me quote the, what the repairman said. Mrs. Hodge, your flux capacitor is no longer functioning. And I'll never forget just the way that she said that still makes me laugh. So, Pastor David, how do, I, how do I take all this information you've been sharing with us and how do I put it into application? Well, how can I put love in action? And notice on your notes there's two things you can do. You can find encouragement by focusing on the things above. And notice what it says there. What's one circumstance or concern you are focusing on right now that is discouraging to you? And how can focusing on things above change your mindset and your behavior? For many of you, and I know in the Dogwood family, many of you this year have lost loved ones. This, this is a year like no other. It's not just the year of the pandemic, it's also the year of losing people that are deeply meaningful to us. For some of you, what's discouraging is thinking ahead towards Thanksgiving or Christmas and having an empty chair at the table this year. Or maybe you're discouraged that your family's not even going to be able to get gathered today. I know for me in 2013, I was facing my first Thanksgiving without my brother. And I remember at that moment thinking I have spent... 53 Thanksgivings with my brother. And this would be the first one that I'm not going to be with him. And I, I remember reading God's word during that period, seeking comfort. And God gave me this, this psalm, Psalm 100. And I, and I want to share this with you now because if you're going through a profoundly discouraging time, I don't know of anything that brings greater encouragement than Psalm 100. By the way, when I was in the fifth grade, I had a public school teacher that had the entire class, fifth grade class I was in, memorize Psalm 100. Uh, it was a different era back then. <laughs> but I can assure you that in the fifth grade, I was not a fan 
of Psalm 100, but I can't think of anything today that helps me think of things above more than this. Don't, don't look it up. Simply listen to these words and may they encourage you. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Amen and amen. This week, our daily uh, email devotionals here at Dogwood will, will resume. Those of you who were getting these devotions before we uh, went into the campaign, they'll start up uh, on Monday tomorrow. And I want to encourage you to read those every day because this week uh, we're going to be giving thanks to God. That will be our theme. And this week we're, we're going to be looking at that psalm I just read, Psalm 100. And for the next several weeks, we have special devotions. And if you haven't signed up for these devotions, on the screen right now will be our famous text number. And I want you to text the word DEVO to that number and allow you to sign up for these daily devotions. Why is that important? Because for us to receive the encouragement we need from God, we need to spend time with Him every day. And these de devotions are a way in which we get to immerse ourselves into God's Word, to understand God's Word on a deeper level, and to spend time praying and praising God for all that he has done. My uh, good friend Mike Bird princes out every day and he sits by the lake with his dog Holly, who's the love of his life. I thought it was his wife Lonnie, but apparently it's his dog. And he sits there every day and he, he reads God's word and he reflects upon it. And he's such an inspiration to me because he finds encouragement by spending time with God every day. We want everyone here at Dogwood to do that. And this is one way in which we encourage you to do that. The second area of love and action is, is simply this, providing encouragement by considering those around you. Who is God leading you to encourage? And consider specific ways you can encourage and then list action steps in a time frame. Someone asked me recently, you know, who, who should they encourage? She had mentioned that she was so busy that she didn't have time to encourage everyone. And I said, well, one of the things I've learned is this. Often, the last thing I do is the first thing I should do, which is pray. As you're considering the people around, ask God, ask, ask God to bring someone to mind that needs encouragement. Ask that every day, Lord, who do I need to encourage today? And then follow the path of uh, Barnabas. You can encourage through gifts and words and action. And most of all, after you do this, watch God work. Because God will do amazing things, I believe, in, in your heart and in their lives by simply considering and encouraging the people around us. If you would, please uh, bow your head right now. I'd like to uh, pray for you and ask for God's encouragement for you. Lord, thank you so much for this time you've given us today. And I especially lift up any uh, Christians who are hearing my voice right now who are discouraged and I pray, Lord, that we may embrace the full truth, the full scope of your word, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of your throne, God. Lord, we uh, also want to lift up those 
who are hearing my voice right now who are not believers. And my prayer for them, Lord, is that you would draw them to you, that you may convict them of their sin, that they may understand the full scope of this truth. If we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, may they believe that Jesus is your son and by faith and trust in him, they might receive your offer of salvation and the right to be called your child. And Lord, I pray if anyone has received you as I've been praying, I, I pray that they will lift this prayer up to you. God, I confess that I have lived my own my own way, contrary to yours. I believe that your son Jesus lived a perfect life, died for my sins, and that you raised him and he is alive today. I accept your gift of salvation through my faith in Jesus, and I give up control of my life to you. I want Jesus to be my Savior and the Lord of my life. Amen. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers and answering them in your goodness and in your will. And we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Dogwood Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information and to access other messages, visit dogwood.church. If you would like to give to Dogwood Church, text keyword Dogwood on your smartphone to 77977 or click the Give button online. You can now download the Dogwood Church app for Apple and Android devices to stay connected to all the latest podcasts, videos, and events from Dogwood.